The Supreme Court, as you know, is the highest court in the land, and it makes decisions. And often there are times when Supreme Court members will say things that are controversial, that are offensive, that are uncomfortable, or for some of you, they're realistic. Justice Antonin Scalia said, quote, Black students don't need affirmative action because they benefit from a, quote, slower track. What? Now, if I were a black person, I'm not, I'm white. If, if I were a black person and a black student, I would be offended by that. And I have to tell you, to say this amidst, uh, 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 amidst the climate that we are in, we have kids at school who are having, throughout this country, and not just at Berkeley, UC Berkeley, that are having sit-ins because they feel racism. Claremont University, that's in between where I'm sitting right now and the tragedy that took place in San Bernardino, they're saying, look, you know, we minorities and specifically African Americans don't feel accepted the same way other students are here. We We saw this at other universities where there were just kids peacefully protesting that they want to have a meeting place, that they want to have an opportunity, that they want to feel included, that they want to feel a part of what's going on. And now the Supreme Court justice kind of says, well, you, you know, what he says is very offensive, and on top of it, well, you can't because, you know, you're a slower track student. This was during oral arguments on a case, a case that may eliminate the very race-conscious affirmative action. And Justice Antonin Scalia said, during those oral arguments, I repeat, most of the black scientists in this country do not come from the most advanced schools. Where does he get that? Where does he get that? Harvard, Yale, Stanford have graduated numerous African-Americans. And he added that black students do better, quote, in a slower track. He also said students of color are being, quote, pushed into schools that are too advanced for them due to race-conscious affirmative action policies. Let me, let me get this straight. You think that only people who are people of color are pushed into universities too advanced for them? Are you out of your mind? With all due respect, Justice Scalia, there are men and women out there that are alumni of very prestigious universities and they write checks for their kids and their kids aren't bright enough to be in those those universities or colleges. We all saw John F. Kennedy's D at the museum in Massachusetts and some people questioned how George W. Bush could have been a, a Yaley. But the bottom line is there are many people that push their kids to go to the school they went to. They write a check, the kid gets in, and that doesn't happen just to kids who are not white. I would venture to say a lot of those checks are being written by white people. Liz Goodwin on Twitter said, Scalia said most of the black scientists in this country do not come from the most advanced schools and benefited from a slower track. She tweeted that today, and there are other tweets uh, in reference to this. Um Erin Cameron says, alluding to arguments that AA harms black people, Scalia wondered if they would be better served by going to a less advanced school. And then further tweets, after Scalia's remarks, the white education reporter next to me asked, who was that who just said that straight-up racist thing? (laughs) Okay. Who was that who said just said that straight-up racist thing? And one of the questions I have coming up is about that, okay? 
Now, this is what Scalia was referring to in the oral arguments. It was an amicus brief. It was filed in the Fisher versus University of Texas at Austin case. It involves a white woman who was denied admission to the university. She claims that the college's affirmative action policy is the reason she couldn't get in. The specific brief in question was written by a conservative lawyer, big surprise, Gail Harriet, who previously argued against anti-discrimination policies in her position at the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights. Now, in fact, many black scientists factually, yes, here's the facts, many black scientists do come from very prestigious schools. As a matter of fact, the National Science Foundation has more information on the number of black science and engineering graduates from uh, top uh, to bottom. You can look that up yourself. And, uh, you know, we can share with you some um, of those uh, numbers, which we will. Uh, Peter uh, Shulman uh, does uh, show some of the numbers, and it, it, it just shows the number of private institutions with names like Harvard University. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that one, guys? Columbia University. Ever heard of that? George Washington University, Duke University. Anybody ever heard of Duke University? Um, The list goes on and on. Yale, Princeton, Cornell. The list goes on. Rutgers, uh, Stanford, Brown, Massachusetts Institute of Technology. Let me tell you something. I dated a guy from there. Those people, those people are so smart. I felt dumb. Okay, um, Harvard. I already mentioned. I'm just looking at some. These are some of the colleges that um, scientists, black scientists, uh, graduated from. And um, the, the breakdown is just amazing. Let me let me just. Uh, for, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and this was based on. This was based on a year 72 from Harvard University okay and when you look at a total of 7754 just just to give you an example um the slower track that he's likely referring to uh, because opponents of race conscious affirmative action policies often say that students of color are admitted into selective colleges they shouldn't be attending they claim they're mismatched and will eventually falter academically there's a guy named Stuart Taylor who co-authored a book entitled that mismatch how affirmative action hurts students it's intended to help and why universities won't admit it and what he has is this theory um, and that he proposed and that the book is often used and cited during debates on affirmative action. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was one hosted by the Intelligence Squared last week, and the claim was that affirmative action sets up black students to fail. Well, you know, I, I just don't agree when you look at the numbers. Affirmative action allowed more black individuals, more African Americans, to not only enter schools, but also the workplace. It helped to level the playing field and open the doors of opportunity educationally, not just academically, but also in the workplace, in the professional world, to, to those individuals. Now, this is what was said at that debate, and, and obviously this is not my um, comment. Uh, most lo- lose self-confidence, become demoralized, or drop out of the toughest courses, science, math, engineering, pre-med courses that lead to some of the most desirable careers. In fact, most recipients of racial preferences we contend would be better off, certainly academically, if they attend to colleges for which they're well-qualified. You tell me something. If an African-American who plays a hell of a football or basketball game, just like anybody of any color who plays a great sport, gets into a great school 
and graduates with a degree from that school, and even though they were let in the door because of athletics, if they have to keep that C-plus or higher average, as they did in most of the schools I, I was aware of or attended myself in Boston, why, why not allow that person to come through the door? I mean, there are going to be rich people that write checks for kids who are not rocket scientists, and there are going to be rocket scientists who come from the ghetto whose mom might be, you know, a crack-smoking hoe, why shouldn't that individual have the opportunity? And I say that because mommy's not going to be able to write that check. Now, some of the studies that were cited and other opponents of affirmative action certainly have been challenged. Here are some. According to one paper just last year, key mismatch research includes, quote, questionable claims and methodology and their choices, and it lacks empirical support. Social science research actually shows the opposite is more likely to be the case. Students that are in underrepresented minority groups tend to do better if they attend the most selective colleges that will admit them. And I'll tell you why we all know this is true. If your kid, my son's eight years old, he plays basketball and soccer. He was the best basketball player last year and the best soccer player last year. Now he's the third or fourth. Why? Because he's in a different league now because of his age, and he's the youngest. His game is improving playing with people better than himself. And we've all seen this, haven't we? You raise the bar on yourself. It's almost like that, you know, inner competition goes off. You raise the bar on yourself. Seriously. My daughter's a math whiz. My son isn't. They're on in the same school, in the same grade, and even though she may be at a higher level, It's kids around him like her that keep my son trying and striving for that higher level. Now, during oral arguments, the attorney arguing for the University of Texas made the point that it is unacceptable to have a system where minorities go to separate and inferior schools. He said, quote, now is not the time and this is not the case to roll back student body diversity in uh, America. And uh, and uh, just so much is going on here. Now, Senate Minority Leader Harry Reid took to the Senate floor to actually attack the Supreme Court today and specifically attack the comments made by Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia uh, during that affirmative action case on uh, race. And now he said that he was racist. He called the judge racist and sought to tie him to Donald Trump and Republicans. He was responding to a line of questioning from Scalia during oral arguments at the court yesterday in the affirmative action case Fisher v. Texas. Scalia seemed to suggest that some African-Americans don't belong in top colleges, and this is what he said. Quote, I'm just not impressed by the fact that the University of Texas may have fewer African-Americans. This is what Scalia said, in part. Maybe it ought to have fewer, and maybe some, you know, when you take more, the number of blacks, really competent blacks, admitted to lesser schools turn out to be less. Where was Clarence Thomas during this? Sleeping? An African-American sitting there in the court? You know, where was his interjecting? Um... And, and he said, quote, these ideas, uh, and, and this is what Reed said, these ideas that he pronounced yesterday are racist in application of not intent. I don't know about his intent, but it is deeply disturbing to hear a Supreme Court justice endorse racist ideas from the bench on the nation's highest court. His endorsement of racist theories has frightening ramifications, not the least of which is to undermine the academic achievements of a- Americans, African Americans especially. Hello, can we look to the White House? Yeah. And the First Lady. Reid also tied those comments and that rhetoric coming from Trump, the GOP um, presidential frontrunner, and even the broader Republican field. Quote, 
As we speak, Donald Trump is proposing to ban Muslim immigration. Other leading candidates are proposing a religious test, tossing around slurs on a daily basis. And our Republican-appointed justice endorsing racist ideas from the Supreme Court bench. The only difference between the ideas endorsed by Trump and Scalia is that Scalia has a robe and a lifetime appointment. Ideas like this don't belong on the Internet, let alone the mouths of national figures. And I would agree with Senator Reid. In 2015, what is wrong with this country? What is wrong with us, America? Have we forgotten our plantations, our chains, our slaves, our lynching, our manzanars, our turning away boats of Jews? God, the list goes on. Every day we wake up and another racist opens their mouth. Justice Scalia seemed to suggest that some African-American students don't belong in top colleges. He added that they do better in a slower track. What's your reaction to these comments? And I'd love to hear from those of you who are African-American, especially if you're an African-American scientist who graduated from a top school. 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. I have good luck when I ask for stuff like that, guys, usually, right? Usually find one. Should college, and not that we'd find one, I mean one amongst our people listening at the moment who have a phone who are going to call and want to talk about the topic. Should college colleges use affirmative action as part of their application process? Why or why not? And what about businesses? Should colleges use affirmative action as part of their application process? Yes or no, and why? And what about businesses? Should they have those boxes that you check? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Does affirmative action ultimately help or hurt those minority groups that it focuses on in America? Does affirmative action help or hurt those minority groups that it focuses on in America? 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. If university, oh, by the way, the majority of students at MIT are not white. They are from India or China or of Indian or Chinese descent. Not white people. Does affirmative action, ult- oh, I already asked, if, if universities around the country admitted students purely based on GPAs, would we see a lack of racial diversity on campuses? Why or why not? If universities, I think we'd see a lot of rich people, kids going to community college. If universities around the country admitted students purely based on GPA, GPAs, grade point averages, would we see a lack of racial diversity on campuses? Why or why not? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And last before the break, Justice Antonin Scalia's comments prove racism, despite a black man being elected president, is still alive and well in America in 2015. 8886Leslie. Can I say one more thing? I think his comments prove exactly why we still need affirmative action. Because his mindset still exists. We'll be back. Call me. 8886Leslie. Getting your opinions right after this. Follow me on Twitter. At Leslie Marshall. Don't go away. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 8886Leslie. Big mouth, I uh, my big mouth. I went too long, so we've got to take another break. Um, but let me uh, 
propose those questions again. I know you're holding. Hang on. Pick up the phone and join us if you uh, want to chat, and we will get your take on this right after the break. Coming up, 888-6-LESLIE is the number. Tweet. Follow me on Twitter at Leslie Marshall. Again, Antonin Scalia seem to suggest that some African-American students don't belong in top colleges and that they do better, quote, in a slower track. What's your reaction to these comments? And should colleges use affirmative action as part of their application process? And what about businesses? Does affirmative action ultimately help or hurt those minority groups that it focuses on in America? And if universities around the country admitted students purely based on their grade point averages, would we see a lack of racial diversity on campuses? We'll be back right after this. Leslie, 888-653-7543 is uh, the number. Uh, Let's go to Robert in Florida on line two. Robert, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. What's your opinion of Justice Antonin Scalia's comments regarding affirmative action and specifically uh, regarding black students in in, uh, higher higher level universities? I'm appalled. I'm disgusted and and I'm really disappointed. I I remember when he was elected. I'm an Italian American of Sicilian descent. And, and, uh, hey, Paisan. Uh, anyway, go that's ahead. That's right. And uh, here's the thing: when he was, you know, there was no one on the Supreme Court that was Italian, and he was the first to make it. Now, mind you, I didn't know politics when I was 17 years old, or 16 years old, whatever the hell it was. But you know, I, I seem to realize, you know, what he stands for and what he is, and he's a really despicable human being. And I'm embarrassed to, to call him my own. You know, and um, it's 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 this, it's bad because you know if anyone should know the struggles of other minorities, it would be an Italian, especially a Sicilian. You know, who who, who in 1920 they wouldn't let us into this country. You know, as a matter as a matter of fact, to this day there are some people in Italy who don't consider Sicilians Italian, and I my my, my mom is Sicilian. And uh, my grandmother, her mother, used to tell me that they called them in Italian the N word. Uh, they oh. called the, they called Sicilians the N word. Uh, well, you know what? Sicily was actually the first America. Everyone wanted a piece of Sicily. Whoever had Sicily controlled the whole Mediterranean. So, you know, in reality, we we have seen the we have seen America's uh, you know immigration pattern long before America ever existed. You know, we 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 have a little of everything in us. You know, and and, and to the betterment. And that's why I also agree with. You know, having um, quotas in that uh, quotas, um, these uh, you know, affirmative action programs. I think they're good. I think what they th- what they do is they promote the idea that we're all here together. We all have to learn and, and live with each other. And and what better college experience is to see the whole world at your doorstep, at your dorm, at your school, in your class, where you walk and talk. You know, you you know, it's not. It's not a college if everyone in the, in the same book, you don't learn the life experiences if everyone looks exactly like you and talks like you. So I'm all for uh, all these programs from colleges and, and even work. I think work needs it, too, because what these people do is that they go back to their communities and they tell them, look, I got this job and you can have this job, too. Just, you know, just go want it and get it and, and work for it. You know? Well, the, the, other, the other thing is, seriously... It reduces ignorance. Uh, it increases a bit. I think it just makes you a better, well-rounded person when you meet people of different races, different cultures, ethnicities, religions. Great place to do that is school. 
Then right. you go into the workplace. Then you have a diverse neighborhood. Then you just don't have as many people hating and killing and bombing each other in the future because you're all neighbors. You're all friends. You 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 uh, mingle with each other. You're not secluded to your own kind in your own neighborhood, um, which doesn't work in today's America. No, we're we're actually going backwards. I really think, and you know, like, and this is uh, this is based on that that, that Texas uh, lawsuit that some yep. girl brought up. Yep. She couldn't get into a college. Well, I think Texas is also trying to do something else with the Supreme Court today, where they're trying to say that, you know, if you don't vote, or if you can't vote, you can't be part be counted in uh, in part of the you know the, the population for Congress people. So, so basically, they're trying to make Texas more whiter and Republican for longer. By, by well, definitely, definitely this woman is. Look, I went to North undergrad, Northeastern University. When I went to undergrad, they let in almost double the students in freshman year. Now they have a cap of 20-some hundred, all right? So if I were to apply now, say I were 17 now, um, maybe I'd get in, maybe I wouldn't. You, you can't, Not everybody can get in to every school they apply to. And that's a reality. And it's not, oh, because the black guy got my slot. Some, because, yes, they want a diverse campus, but they, they have to take a cross-section, too. You can't just have everybody who's a math whiz in the college. They need to have diversity in that level, too. People who excel in literature, people who excel you know, in science. Uh, you know, I mean, the list goes on. So when people, if you talk to people working at missions, and I have working as an ambassador for Northeastern University now, I understand better. It's, it's really about the college. And, I mean, sure, there are athletes and, you know, I, I mean, seriously, if everybody comes in, if you, all of your applications, the best and brightest are all going to the school of business, then what's going to happen to your other schools within that college? So for people to think, oh, you know, it's just about color, that's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, there, there's a lot that's looked at by colleges when they decide who's going to walk in that door freshman year. All right, uh... You know, my son goes to FSU here in, in Florida where I live, and uh, the state the state of Florida has a great program for residents. I mean, if you live here and you, you do really well in high school, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll help you out in tuition. But they're trying to make all the state schools impossible to go to, or, or they're, they're just trying to make it so that only certain people get a chance to go to these schools. And they're making it harder and harder for, you know, dual middle-class family to, to send their kid to college. And now college is a prerequisite just for having a decent job, not even a right. great job anymore. Right. Right. You know, right. so I, I really think, and like, like, like I said, I'm really disappointed in Anton Scalia, but I really think that this is a, an orchestrated effort to, to, to make, you know, racism alive and well again. You know, and you just see it with the Trump campaign, and it's very dis- it's discouraging, and it's, and it's sad, and especially coming from your own, you know. Let's yep, I, 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 I appreciate that. Agree with you 100%. Call me again. We're probably related. You know, small Sicily is Robert. Thank you for the call. Uh, let's continue with the calls, and we go to Arizona with Jeff on line four. Jeff, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. What's your take on this? How are you doing? Good. Okay, so if you have a white student, a poor white student with a C average or below, and you have a black student with a C average or below, and, and your logic if you're using affirmative action, then both those students should have the opportunity to go to a pretty good college. Would you agree with that? That all students should have an opportunity? Yes. Well, I'm saying a white student with a C average and a black student. Yes, but this is the, this is the, and I'm not calling you ignorant, so don't misunderstand. It's not that simple. 
it's not that simple. They, uh, you know, they didn't, I, I'm, I would imagine they did not not let her in because she was white. Uh, you know, what it was, to me, quite frankly, if a school isn't going to let me in, I don't want to go there. I'm going to go to a different school. There's some element of fate and destiny, I think, involved in our lives, and maybe it's not the, the path or course she should have taken. Um, it, it, I, I would understand if she were, if I would understand if all of a sudden, you know, all the white people are being rejected and, you know, they get together with a class action lawsuit, but that is not the case at the University of Texas, um, Austin, uh, in, in Austin, um, when you look at how diverse a campus that is. So, so it, it's not like so it's, not, it's not like oh I'm not letting you in because you're white I'm letting her in because she's black. There's a lot more that is considered when they look at the population of the incoming freshmen. Part of it is about majors. Part of it is about grade. Part of it is about money. Part of it is right. about ethnicity and race. Those are those are some of the elements that come into play. Right. So it shouldn't be about the color of your skin, and that's my point. And uh, well, no, no, no. I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't. I don't. I don't agree. Well, and, we, and, don't, we don't agree. We, I'm an Italian American too, and and we don't agree. Okay, because uh, I, I'm a lighter tone person than right. someone, a, a friend of mine that's darker than me. Right. But that, they're not that, looking. That, I don't think you understand. You, do you understand an application is a piece of paper or something online in a computer, and you're not normally seeing the individual. If I you, you you mentioned on a job, if I go to a okay. job and and I apply uh-huh. a job and I have a resume, and and let's say they don't know if I'm black or white or whoever I am, right. I should get the job based on my experience, based on my resume, based on where I went to college. I don't I don't disagree, but let me ask you this: If I am That's in it. charge, let me ask you something. I used to be the human resource director of a radio station while I was going for my master's before I got into broadcasting when I was edu- being yeah. educated to get in, okay? So I know a thing or two about hiring because I used to have to do it for an entire broadcasting company. Uh-huh. So le- le- let me ask you something. Um, okay. On paper once, okay, I had one opening for an administrative assistant, okay? And I had about 20 people apply for the job. All 20 were identical except for one person, and it was a male. And I chose to hire him not because of his genitalia. I chose to hire, I chose to hire him. Because he answered the questions the best in the interview. All of them had the same typing skills. All of them had the same work experience, the same education. And all of them were using this job as a stepping stone to something else, whether they were going to college at night, etc. It wasn't their career goal and path for their lives. They were cookie cutters for each other. Okay, I got a lot of flack for that, by the way. My point to you is, if there's one position and you say, well, I should get the job because of... Okay, if you have somebody from Harvard, somebody from Princeton, somebody from Yale, somebody from Stanford, you all have the same... uh, 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 GPA uh, average, uh, you all have, uh, you know, uh, excel in a certain area that is required in that job, and you all have a standing letters of recommendation from your last employer. Then what separates you from those other people is the interview. If you're talking about in the workplace, and in the inter- right. and in, in in the interview, and I can tell you this wholeheartedly, I'm almost embarrassed to say it. I once got fired. From a law firm, when I was going to law school, and I ended up quitting law school, from a law firm, and I was told this. Are you ready? I was causing disharmony in the office because I was not like the other workers on my level. Because I 
had a college degree and was going to uh, law school, and they did not. Right. All right? So I, I was fired because I didn't fit in. But the point is, when you are putting together a company, just like when you're putting together a college or university, uh-huh. there are some people that are going to work together better as a group or a team than others, and that's a reality. And if I have a, co- I have a, I have a company. I don't. I, I'm not always going to pick the straight A student because if he bombs the interview, maybe the guy with the B plus is better for my my needs. Right, and that's what I'm saying. Is in the face to face interview, uh, you're going to pick the best person that you feel right, not. Right, so color, maybe this woman wasn't color. the best person for them. Well, you're, uh, if you're basing it on the color, if you do a face-to-face interview and you say you have to uh, hire them because based on their color, that's not right. She that's never wrong. Said, she, she said a black person got her slot. She cannot prove that. The university has said that is not the case. Well, I get your point, but what my point is, I guess, is it should be be based on what you just said, but it should not be based on uh, the tone of my skin. And liberal progressives tend to uh, go that way. Well, I'm uh, a liberal progressive and I'm white, and I hire the best person for the job. However, however, there are realities, okay? If I were, if I had a company and I have offices in different parts, of the, different parts of the country. Well, I don't consider affirmative action a quota. If I have different uh, positions open in different parts of the country, and I have, right. a, I have an area of the country that is more uh, predominantly African-American, let's say like Detroit or something, I'm probably more apt to hire an African-American for that branch, so to speak. Um, I, I'm sorry, I just wouldn't agree with that, but I get the, I get the, why you're saying that, I get it, but, you know, I'm just saying that, uh, it's, it's a tough situation, and, and Harry Reid really is a despicable person, if you talk about who... I don't think Harry, you know what, you and I don't agree, we clearly don't agree, I am a liberal, and you don't like liberals, I can tell by what you're saying, and that's fine. You can call, and I let you call, and I let anybody call. And we disagree about Harry Reid. i got to take a break. That's not why we're done calling talking. It's because we've taken a lot of time. And uh, we'll be back right after this. See? Two Italians disagree. All right? We'll be back. Leslie Marshall. Real people. Real life. Real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Back And by the way, um, one of our inside sources in Washington, D.C., who's covering uh, this case, um, kind of uh, shared with us off the record um, that allegedly this woman didn't have the grades to get in. It had nothing to do with her skin color, but we'll find out more about it. Let's talk more about what Justin, uh, uh, Justice Scalia said. And we go to Linwood in Virginia, line five. Linwood, good afternoon. Hey, Leslie, what's going on this evening? Oh, I'm just working here. <laughs> well, understandable. Happy holidays to you and your family. Thank you. Um, you too, Lemon. You're welcome. As an African-American male, 32 years of age, and I go to a community college here in Charlottesville, um, this is just not this is not a surprise to me that that you know mostly white people 
will come out and make these references. This is really what the attitude of white people really feels. Wait, wait, and, Linwood, you make an interesting point. you got a white guy sitting on the highest court of the land who's probably never had an obstacle in his life as a white male in America to get to where he wanted to get to. No, not at all. Making because this comment, yeah. a part of a system of white supremacy. Justice Scalia is a part of a system, and no offense, ma'am, you're a part of that same system of racism and white supremacy. So by us being in the minority, and let's be clear, we're not a minority because a minority is not a race. It's a number. So like, would you like if people called y'all majorities? Hey, the majorities are over here, and the majority is doing this. We get called by a number, even though a number is not a color. Now, with that clarification put out there, the only way these problems are going to really get solved is if African-American people, see, let's be clear, Leslie, we got fooled by the okie-doke. We got fooled by white liberals telling us, well, you can't keep your schools, you can't keep your businesses, integrate into ours, and everything will be fine. Well, guess what? We're still getting called a nigger in 2015. We gave up our home. N-word, N-word, please, N-word. We don't say that uh, well, word here. Me. I'm sorry. My, 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 my apologies. We were getting called these names. We're getting insulted. We gave up everything we own, and yet we don't get any respect. So I don't expect just Scalia to really treat me like an American. I expect him to treat me like a guest, because African-American people have signed themselves up to be treated as just that, guest in white America. Okay, so this is further in 2015, regardless of sla- uh, sla- you know uh, the Emancipation Proclamation, regardless of the Civil Rights Act, regardless of the fact that that President Obama being elected not just once but twice, uh, rega- regardless of uh, uh, you know black people winning Academy Awards and this and that, no, you you that guys and, and forgive me for this, I, I, you have not overcome then. Let me keep it real. You just mentioned some things that are really systematically nothing more than what I would call blindfolds. A black man getting in the White House that was that was a jack move for white people to for, for the white social order in this country to exercise what they're exercising now. Black people winning the Academy Awards, they have to have to be gay. No, Linwood, let me ask you, let me ask you, Linwood, okay, Linwood, cool. you're, Linwood, as an African-American man, and yeah. I am a white woman, yeah, I would yeah. agree with you that racism is still very much alive and well. But, but do, do you deny that there have been, wait, Linwood, 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 do you deny that there have been, um, there's been progress with regard to race specifically in the African-American community and the white no. community in that, you don't think no. so? No, okay. because the masses of our people are still struggling. I mean, yeah, sure, you can. Yeah, and a lot of people safety. would say when you look at Ferguson, when you when you uh, look at what happened on Staten Island, when you look at what's happening with the police and this remark by uh, Justice racist. Scalia. Yeah, okay, all right, Linwood. Always good talking to you, buddy. We haven't heard from you in a long time. Give us a buzz again because you haven't uh, called in a bit. Uh, let's uh, go to Tony in Poughkeepsie, New York, line four. Tony, good afternoon. Hey, hey, Leslie, how's it going? <laughs> all right, so. Uh, Oh, man, Lynn Linwood was a little bit off base, but okay. All right, so um, here's what I think about uh, what what Scalia said. The interesting thing is is that the biggest uh, you know opponents of affirmative action have no problem with legacy enrollment. They have no problem with athletic scholarships, uh, which both of which are directly related to grade inflation, both of which are directly related to people who really don't qualify at all in any way, shape, or form for even community college, right? And so, and, and what that, that to me is more detrimental because you have a student like George W. Bush, for instance, who was not a great student, but he went to an elite university, right? 
Um, and to me, in this country, the systematic problem is that education varies per zip code. Until we can guarantee that uh, Miguel from the Bronx and uh, Tawanda from Compton can get her application read or get his application read by an admissions board, then we need to have systems like affirmative action. As a black man, I always say, affirmative action didn't get me through college and two master's degrees. It didn't get me, uh, you know, my, my teaching job. It didn't get me my engineering job that I now have or my multiple promotions. It got my application read, you know. So at the end of the day, you have to do the work. And if we look at... Uh, you, you know, I, I, I want to say thank you for calling and I'm not getting rid of you. Thank you for that point because I was trying to explain the admissions process. But bottom line is, even even if you get a free ticket to the game, you still got to play it. Oh, <laughs> you God. still got to run for the balls. You still have to get that touchdown. Nobody's going to do it for you. And, and guess what? And guess what? As an African American, you, you got to play that game well. <laughs> Because I agree with you as a woman. I, I, I agree with you, especially in the in this business and talk radio when I started. Um, you you got to raise the bar because people are watching because they're expecting you to trip up and fail. Tony, uh, I'm out of time for the show, but uh, you can all call me tomorrow. Anybody who was holding and didn't get on, anybody who didn't feel they got enough time, or many of you listening who didn't uh, say something. Of course, we'll have new topics. We hope you'll join us. Thank you to Mark and Andrew, my great crew. Hasta mañana, folks.